Hey everybody, welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 221. I don't have very much for you this time. I just have what will probably be a brief rambling about a few shows I'm watching lately. Then in the close, again, a, a bigger sad life update. So sorry to those who are not interested in that. But I think it's important because not a lot of people I think are reading Epic Fail. And it does affect my life quite a bit, so... I think it's a little bit important to talk about, as it may affect the podcast in the future. But hopefully, you'll enjoy the show. I have three shows that are pretty new to me. A couple of them are a little bit older now. The first one is Wayward Pines. I actually didn't catch the first couple of episodes on this one. I came in around, I came in around episode seven. So Hulu only keeps the last five episodes. So I could only sort of rewind myself to the third episode and then go forward. And I guess that one is on probably around the ninth or 10th episode by now. It's pretty interesting. It is sort of a mix of science fiction and modern story, I guess you could say. Basically, what it appears to be is this scientist sort of predicted the end of the world as he saw humanity evolving a certain direction, which was bad. So I guess you could say devolving in a way. And so he sort of built this high-tech arc kind of shelter thing and then took some people with him by force and is now in the future in something like 4,080-something. But he's keeping that a secret from everybody who is in the town of Wayward Pines. Everybody in Wayward Pines still thinks it's Basically, current day times, they say 2014, so that's probably when the show started filming. And so everybody in the town thinks that's the date it is. Everybody's still trying to get out of the town back to their regular life because they all came in from some kind of accident. And so they woke up in the hospital and they don't know, you know, what happened to them and the accident. But that accident was supposedly, you know, 2,000 years worth of unknown to them, uh, cryogenic sleeping. It's pretty interesting because there's this sort of plot that they want to keep it a secret that it's the future from the townspeople. So there are some base people who do know what's going on, but they're sort of hidden from the town. And the now sheriff is one of the few adult people who actually know what's going on outside of the, in the base people. He's the only one, you know, that interacts in the town that knows. And so it's this kind of odd combination of sort of the British TV series The Prisoner and maybe some other kind of futuristic regular science fiction show, even though they don't go outside of the town where a lot of the futury stuff is happening. Like so far, we've only seen them leave town twice. And then, you know, the 
devolved monsters sort of attacked people, and that was pretty much it. So there's this odd sort of subplot that the people in the town don't know, and they think that they're actually just being hypnotized, and it's some kind of government experiment. And there are some weird things that make that seem like a plausible truth, because my big question about it is, why are all these modern things still here if it's been 2,000 years, even perfectly preserved, if this settlement is roughly probably 15 or 20 years old, as they imply? How is all of that stuff still there? How is it all still working? They've got cars everywhere. Everybody's driving around in cars like normal. They have buildings, which granted they could, you know, get wood and some other stuff from the local surroundings. You know, maybe they could make concrete. But it's like, how did they make the roads? How did they make the buildings? Where did all these cars come from? And if they are supposedly the cars of the people they abducted, how did they know they would need them? You know, you're going to abduct, you're going to abduct, you know, say 10,000 people. How are you going to store things like all their cars and enough furniture to build houses for even just a few hundred people? And what about clothing? And what about shoes? Like, I go through a pair of shoes every couple of years. They don't have a shoe factory in town, so where are they getting shoes from? So all of these really basic questions of, you know, how did they build stuff? How did they get the materials for this stuff? It's like, that's unanswered. And the reason why I do think it is in the future is because they have shown some scenes inside the base of sort of the head guy and his sister, who are sort of interacting with the town. They, they don't interact too much. Mostly we see them sort of outside or on the outskirts talking to just the sheriff. And there have been a few private scenes where they've been talking. And they are talking, you know, about stuff in the future. So it does seem like they are supposed to be 2,000 years in the future. But weird things like this keep coming up now and then that make me question either is the writing just kind of bad and there are these really huge plot holes that are like unanswered questions? Or is there something deeper going on other than they are 2,000 years in the future and just hiding it from everybody? So, no, no, it's a pretty interesting show. It's not super science fiction-y in that everything is sort of modern. You know, all of their surveillance equipment's modern. It's not like they have any drones flying around or robots or anything. It's all just modern stuff. And there's a little bit of an intrigue of what's going on and why are they hiding it from the town and some of the townspeople are starting to figure out the truth and how are they going to deal with that. And So it's kind of interesting to watch. One of my other favorite shows recently is Titan's Grave, which is put on Geek and Sundry, but also on YouTube. It's a show by Will Wheaton, and he's playing a Dragon Age role-playing system, which is a modified rule set for sort of a science fiction and fantasy hybrid setting, which they're calling Titan's Grave. And so that's a pretty cool show to watch. It's, it's cool to watch other people playing a game and having fun. And if you were into sort of the old school, I guess sort of early to mid-80s kind of science fiction-y fantasy cartoon shows, like Thunder the Barbarian and maybe something like He-Man... And I think there was a Conan series as well. If you're into that sort of stuff, you would find the world setting very interesting and it would be a cool show to check out. 
The other show I've picked up, which I guess is kind of fairly old at this point, is Critical Role. One of the people on Titan's Grave is also on that. And I think that's about 15 episodes in. And each episode is like anywhere from two to four hours. So they're quite long. Oh, the Titan's Grave episodes are a little bit shorter. They're about one to maybe two hours. I think it's the longest one so far. So they're quite a bit shorter. But the Critical Role show is also a D&D playing show. There are eight players and one DM, so there's quite a lot of people. It gets really chaotic. It's not usually a good idea to play with that many people in a role-playing game because oftentimes when you get more than about five players, they just sort of split off into small groups and do different things, and it gets really weird to manage outside of combat. And inside of combat, because the rounds often take so long, people often usually get kind of bored. So it's really tough to do a bigger game like that. But this one seems to work. The GM seems to move it along pretty quickly. For those who have been GMs in the past, his style seems a little bit frantic at first because he is trying to keep the attention of all of the players. So he does have to move kind of quite quickly. But it works out pretty cool. It's a fun show. I like it quite a bit. I'm only on like the fourth episode, but that's about, you know, like I said eight or so plus hours of story, so they're quite a bit in, and I guess they've been playing for quite some time. This is, I guess, a campaign they've been doing off the air for a number of years, so they're level nine, and now they're doing it on the air for Geek and Sundry, and they're all voice actors, so it's pretty cool. They're all pretty fun people, and they all obviously love playing D&D-type games. I guess previously their campaign was in Pathfinder, which is based on an older edition of D&D. Now they're playing the newest version. But that is also a very cool show to watch. Again, interesting people having a fun time playing role-playing game. So if you're like me and you can't play role-playing games, Titan's Grave and Critical Role are pretty cool to watch. I guess that's it for show ramblings this time. Ahoy there, and welcome to the treasure chest. We gather to thank those who surrendered booty to the rabbit. I'm sure we can all agree we love a little booty now and then. <laughs> the following be all the rapscallions that donated their booty. We do be thinking, Stephen B., for the many donations, including a fine, fine world to go play in. Three cheers for donations. Hip-hip, arr, hip-hip. So that's it for this short Ramblings podcast. I did get enough donations to cover my smog and registration, so I am safe for the moment. Kind of barely eked by. It was a little bit more expensive than I thought, but some people sent 
additional donations, and so I got to eek by, and I should be okay again. As of this recording, I have paid for smog, and that is supposedly recorded and at the DMV, and I'm going to pay for registration either today or tomorrow. The extra donations I got have to clear my bank, you know, for the funds to be available before I can do it. I still have until something like not quite a week from when I'm recording this to pay it, so plenty of time for that to clear my account and get paid. But something did come up during the test that was very troubling. I don't remember when. I think it must have been about 10,000 miles ago because I think I did it at 100,000 miles, and I'm at 110,000 miles now. We changed the radiator fluid on the car, and the radiator temperature went from being like 45% to 50% all the time. It never went over that to sort of wavering between 45 and 55 or so percent. And I remember the guy saying it ran quite a bit warmer now because he couldn't figure out something with the timing or the fan or there was something with putting it back the way it was, basically. And so it was off in a way. But they said it shouldn't be an issue. And so I'm going to have to double check what is up with that once I get the registration taken care of. And I get a little bit more time to go investigate it. Because what happened was during the smog test, I guess when they're testing it, it sort of strains the car in that it's like it's driving up a big hill. It's not just normal, you know, driving down the street kind of strain on, you know, when when they push it to make it go. And it was spiking up to like 75 and 85% heat and still rising before the guy stopped the test. So while he did make it so I could eke by on a retest, in theory, I think he did something, you know, questionable in terms of legality, in terms of putting the sensor thingy in the tailpipe not quite 100% like he should, because the reading was significantly lower than the first test. So while I passed and I'm safe for another year, possibly more, I don't know if you have to do smog every year. Seems like it so far. But it seems unlikely I would pass next time unless I took it back to that same guy. And, I don't know, he seemed a little bit creepy about now I owed him a favor in exchange and what kind of services could I offer him kind of stuff. I don't know, I mean, if he was a nice guy, somebody saying that wouldn't seem so creepy and off-putting. But he was a little creepy and weird, so that concerns me. He did call me, like, the night after I did it and just asked me to do a Yelp review. So maybe that's maybe that's all he was going to ask and that'll be okay. But um, it's overheating in the test. When I drive it and when I sit idle and I, like, rev up the engine, it doesn't ever go past, like, the 55 to maybe 60% heat range. And then sort of the same range, like I said, it's always been after that changing of the radiator fluid. So I don't know if it's something that's always been an issue after changing the radiator fluid and I just never have been in the driving conditions to notice it. Or maybe it was something that was a mild problem and now, you know, like whatever it is later, it's becoming more of an issue. But like I said, so far it seems like it's holding, you know, at the same temperature it was before. So it doesn't seem like it's under any immediate threat. But, you know, trying to figure out what's wrong will 
cost money to figure that out and then money to repair that. So I don't know. I You know, a year is a long time from now. And if it doesn't change, I certainly wouldn't be forced to do anything about it. But it is very worrisome that something could happen, something is possibly wrong, either the fan's not working right or something is going on, I don't know. So that has me very worried because I don't have any money for regular stuff. It's like the more I think about it, the more worrisome my regular stuff is. Like I am wearing older boots because the boots I had on got so old that they were falling apart. And then these boots now are probably only months from being equally as bad and completely unusable as well. So that's like 70 bucks. Because I have flat feet and bad ankles, so I need ankle support. And pretty much boots are the only thing that do that these days. And then I think around mid-October I'll be able to sign up for next school year. And while that's not a lot, that's, you know, another 50 bucks. And then there's gas I need each month, which is a pretty small amount. My main Patreon slash donator person is helping me get set up on a different phone plan. I guess once I get off of the smartphone plan, I, there's a super cheap pay-as-you-go plan I could use, so hopefully that will not be an issue in the future. But I will still owe the phone company for the bills that I owe them for, so there's that. And once we get to October, I'll have to worry about car insurance, and then the end of the year, I have to worry about paying for my web space. So while these aren't really huge costs, they are something I worry about all the time, and certainly need help and donations trying to figure out how to deal with until I get back on my feet and can do that on my own. But for the moment, I'm safe, and I just have to keep going one day at a time, as I have been. But I am slightly safer feeling now, now that the car is safe and registration will soon be paid for. That should not be as immediate as a threat as it was, as long as I have at least some gas to keep going. But hopefully everybody out there is not having a sad time like me. And I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com.
patreon.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2015 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license. <laughs>